Welcome to the Breathe Out podcast. One of my core beliefs has always been breathe in, breathe out. Simply stated, it means to learn, do, and teach through life's journey so that we all grow together. As a successful entrepreneur for over 20 years, I have learned some valuable life lessons and recognize that leadership, culture, wellness, and safety are the keys to any thriving business. There's so much more to learn, so why not take this journey together? Hi, this is Heather Smurl. Today, we're going to start off with leadership. Why? Well, because it's my favorite subject. And also because I believe that without leadership, culture, wellness, safety, all the other things in a business honestly don't really matter. If you can't get leadership done well, then the others are just, you know, talk. Um, We all say it starts at the top, and we all know this, but sometimes we don't know how to make it happen at the top or why it doesn't happen at the top. So I want to talk today about my personal leadership journey and how I ended up where I am today with a multi-million dollar business running with my husband, who I love so much, and we get to spend life together and build this amazing company, but it didn't start that way. Like many other journeys in life, you never kind of know where you're going to go, but um, this is how we ended up where we're at today. So I want to share my side of the story, and then next week, um, Brandon and I are going to talk about how it is to work together as a couple in a business that is thriving and growing and stressful and all the other things related to that. So... Let me tell you a little bit about how I got started in insurance and why I'm even doing this podcast. Um, So why is an insurance nerd doing a podcast? Well, because I learned that insurance is, well, let me start over with that. I found out that insurance is the coolest gig ever because you never stop learning. And for me, That is what attracted me to insurance, and that is what has kept me in insurance all these years. I have been an insurance nerd for 20-plus years. Um, I have been an entrepreneur for 20-plus years, and I was uh, given a leadership responsibility at way too young of an age and had no idea what I was doing and no real guidance on how to be a leader, so... I messed things up quite a bit, Um, but luckily enough, I learned from my mistakes pretty quickly and learned how to become a better leader over the years, and the thing is, I am now 44. I have been doing this for 25 years. Yep, I started when I was 19, Um, but I've learned over these years that um, who I was then is not who I am today and who I'm going to be 20 years from now is definitely not who I am today. So I am constantly growing. And I think that life is about the journey, not the destination. And so I want to share with you my journey so far in hopes that maybe it'll inspire you some, no matter where you're at in your journey, to kind of take hold of some of the things that really were game changers for me. So let's start from the beginning, and I'll try not to get too detailed and too boring, but I fell into insurance, like I said, at a very, very young age, and I loved it because you couldn't learn everything, and it was just a constant wealth of information and um, so many complex situations, especially on the commercial insurance side, which is what I fell in love with. 
And as I started to grow in my career, I was like a, a customer service rep and I watched these sales guys, you know, make all the money and do all these really cool things and have all this prestige. And I thought, well, gosh, I think I could do that. And, you know, I was pretty fearless and pretty crazy and pretty egocentric and pretty much thought I could do anything that I put my mind to. I very much live in a growth mindset and anything that I say I'm going to put my mind to, doggone it, I'm going to put my mind to it and I'm going to do it. So why not? Why not become an insurance salesperson, a producer as we called him back in the day? Um, we still call him that now. So... I started out with that and wanted to get into sales. And at that time in our industry, mind you, many industries are like this and many industries are still like this today. But insurance back then, when I was 19, 20 years old, was nothing but male dominated. And everybody on the sales slash producer side was a man over 50. So there was no youth and there was definitely no females. And so to say that I wanted to be an insurance producer was like telling people I wanted to fly to Mars. Um, nobody was really willing to give me the chance. Um, and I think looking back, that's a good thing because I'm one of those people that you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to figure out a way. And so when people started saying I couldn't do this because of limitations of being female, and yes, 25 years ago, it was okay to say that in the industry or in business. Um, obviously, it's not today, but back then it was pretty acceptable to say, why would you want to do that? You're a woman. Um, and it just was a challenge for me. And anything that's a challenge, I'm just going to sink my teeth into and figure out how to make it happen. So I started on that and I started in sales and I proved very quickly that I could do it. Um, I had all the DNA of a salesperson. And so even though young, um, I was willing to apply myself. And I think the biggest difference between me and these guys that I was competing against is I was willing to work. They were a little bit further on in their careers. And so the competitive advantage that I took was I could outwork them. I could work 24 hours straight without a blink of an eye and they couldn't do it. So I could beat them at just about anything if I was willing to work hard enough. And I knew that very young, and I used that to my advantage. Now, would I recommend that for every young individual? Maybe, maybe not. I think that for me, it was the right decision, but it did have consequences that went along with it. Um, my relationships did suffer because I was a workaholic. Um, but... It got me where I am today career-wise because I was willing to put in the work when I didn't have the obligations of family um, back then in my youth. So it depends on what you want. If you want to um, scale up quickly, then yeah, you got to put in the work. There's no way to get where we get in life without putting in the work. And if someone tells you differently, they're probably lying to you. And if you're telling yourself differently, you're probably lying to yourself. So the first thing was I was willing to put in the work and I was young enough to do that and not know that there were any real limitations and the fact that people thought I couldn't do it honestly just challenged me more. So I got into the career of insurance um, and really started getting good at what I was doing at a very, very young age. And then before I knew it, we were starting an insurance agency and that 
pretty much changed everything. I had always thought I was going to work for one of the big alphabet houses and I was going to be this, you know, high-end sales producer for one of the big giant shops in the area. And well, I had some crazy friends that said, hey, let's start an insurance agency. And I thought, why not? We're young. We're crazy enough to do this and we don't have any debt. And the barrier to entry for insurance is actually pretty simple. Just grind. Just work really, really hard. And so we were willing to do that and we worked very, very hard very quickly. Well, the thing is, is I was a really good salesperson, um, but I'm also very bossy. And so bossy that I had to just take charge of everything, which at that young of an age, probably not ideal, but you know, my mindset was, well, who else is going to do it? And of the three of us, I was the most bossy. So I started taking charge of running the show. And um, I ran things pretty well from an operational standpoint, because I was smart and agile and could figure things out very quickly. But from a relational standpoint, man, I was a holy terror. I can't even imagine working with young Heather. Um, she was not a very nice person. And although she thought she was a nice person, she had a very aggressive tendency about her. I'm talking about myself in the third person, which is kind of weird. So let's just switch back to me talking about myself as who I am. So I was not the nicest, um, but I was definitely the one to take charge. And so I started learning very quickly um, and I fell on my face so many times. The blessing, I got to fall on my face at a very young age. Um, the curse, man, the people around me didn't deserve to have um, the torturous person that I was at the time. But what I learned was that leadership is influence. It's nothing more than influence. And if I wanted to influence people, I had to come at it from a different perspective and not just be so controlling and so bossy. Um, so I had to learn how to relate to people in a way where they felt like I cared because I genuinely did care. I mean, I really did care. I just had a funny way of showing it. Um, I had a controlling way of showing it. And so I got to a point where I realized that I didn't like to be controlled at all. So why would anybody around me like to be controlled? Why did I feel it so necessary to control everything and everyone in my path um, if I didn't like it? I mean, it made me crazy to have someone try to control me. And so I realized that if I started to treat people the way I felt about things and also maybe treat them the way they wanted to be treated, that life would be could be different. And so I started to test that that theory on the people around me and the people I worked with and it started to really work. So I started to realize that my innate tendency is to take charge. Um which is awesome in a crisis like right now during COVID, my uh personality traits of taking charge and just leading people through change and through crisis has been ideal for our company. Um but it can also have its problems if not, you know, well harnessed um, in the everyday world when you're not in a crisis and you don't need such a strong, independent, pushy kind of leader to follow. You need someone that's going with you the whole time, not, you know, running 10 miles ahead of you. So 
When I was um, probably in my 20s, I was already running a company. Um, by the time I was, I don't know, 26, 27, we probably had 25 employees. And um, I was learning how to delegate. And I was really, really terrible at it. Um, my way of delegating was I'll give it to you and then I'll take it right back when you don't do it the way that I want to do it. Um, and this continued all through my 20s into my young 30s. And I started to realize that I was almost bullying people around because I wanted it my way so badly that I was willing to go behind them and do their work just to get it done the way that I wanted it done. And um, I don't know, something finally switched in me and I realized that it was getting done and it didn't matter that it wasn't necessarily my perfect way. It was the fact that it was getting done. And that's when I was really able to change leadership style to growing with you rather than trying to outpace you. Um, and so when I started learning how to grow with the team rather than run the team ragged, um, everything in our business started to change and change in a very positive way. So what I learned in being a bully and pushy and controlling is that, well, if I didn't like it, why would other people like it? And so I think that for you, if you see traits in yourself that perhaps you don't like about other people, um, you're probably doing them yourself. They say that like, you know, it's like a mirror um, that you hold up to the world and sometimes you see that everything you hate about someone is everything that's about you. You just don't want to look in deep enough to know that that's really you that you are not happy with. Um, and so when I started realizing that um, people deserved more dignity and I did not have the right to push and control and dictate and um, have all the power and I started allowing others to shine is when I started to realize that leadership was such a different idea than what I'd ever had. I was naturally born a boss. I was naturally born bossy. I mean, if there was someone that was going to take charge of the family and tell them how it was going to be done, it was going to be me. I was, you know, head cheerleader. I was bossy at everything I did. I knew how to take charge, be the boss, and get things done. But what I didn't know how to do was to get people to come alongside me in that journey and want to do it with me. And so for the longest time when people would quit or people were upset, I would take it so personally like it was an attack on me. But what I wasn't realizing was that I wasn't allowing them to grow as a person. I was stifling so many people around me because I had such control issues um, with everything that they did. And so when I started to look at myself, probably in my 30s, and say, you're not getting anywhere with scaling and growing a company because everything that you do makes everybody frustrated and it was like two steps forward and four steps backwards every time I try to make something happen um and what changed in the course of all of that was recognizing that I had to start to lead from a togetherness <laughs> that sounds weird but I had to start to lead from 
we are all in this together and I cannot do this without you guys. I had such an arrogance in my youth that I genuinely thought I could outwork any single person on the planet and I could outdo anything that they did and there was nobody better than me. So what an egotistical jerk I was. Um, Wow, I really was a jerk. And I still look at myself often and say, wow, Heather, you're really a jerk. I have a lot of jerk tendencies. I have a lot of talent, but I have a lot of jerk tendencies. And so when I started to say, hey, leadership is about getting people to come with me, not um, me boss them around, it was like the light bulb went off. And I hope for you that if you're on a journey of leadership that you at some point in your life, hopefully early in your life, have that light bulb come off. Um, and when it does, it is the most beautiful thing when you start to lead from the heart and you start to lead from we're all going in this together and you slow down enough for other people to come along the journey with you. Um, that was another thing. In my youth, I was constantly switching things around and trying something new. Every time we turned around, there was something new. I love change. It drives me. It fuels me. But it doesn't fuel everybody. And it actually stresses out most people. And so when I started to recognize that I had to slow down, and by the time I was bored with something, was just about the time that my staff was starting to understand what I was even saying, um, things changed there too. So slowing down, recognizing that everybody didn't run at the ridiculously stupid fast pace that I ran at. And if I wanted people to come along with me, I had to slow my pace down a little. And I would get a lot further in life if I would start to do that. But it still is a constant struggle for me to do that. And I have to recognize when I'm going too fast and bulldozing over everybody around me um, to get, honestly, what I want. Um, And that is harmful to a company if I don't learn how to harness that and use it to my advantage and uh, use it to help people grow and use it to help our company scale Um, because I can't lead – 50 people effectively without leaders attached to me. And when I realized that no one is going to lead the exact way I do, no one's going to manage the exact way I do. But if I can accept people where they're at and their journey and let them grow and learn how to lead, how to manage, how to do things their way, which isn't always my way, that I can grow a pretty good company of very loyal, amazing people that wouldn't happen if I just was a tyrant and bossy and um, thought that, you know, my way was the only way. I'm going to tell you a story that you might laugh at and you might relate to, or you might go, oh yeah, I had a boss like that. So I am, um, if you know me, you know I'm very much into decor. I love, love, love to decorate. Um, I love to um, build and design, and I could be an interior designer as a hobby. Um, Actually, probably as a business if I really, you know, wanted that Um, because I just love it so much. I'm very, very particular about things, and I just 
I just love that stuff. Always, always have. So I don't know, it was probably 10 years ago, we were having this uh, Christmas decorating party at work. And we had this Christmas tree decorating, drink eggnog kind of thing. And I got out all the Christmas trees. And at that time, we probably had three or four for the building. You know, I liked one everywhere and everybody decorated their offices. And it was just supposed to be this festive event. Well, people don't decorate the way I decorate. And it about drove me nuts. I mean, it started to look like Charlie Brown Christmas and, you know, tinsel in all the wrong places and just not very well done. And uh, I couldn't handle it. So that night after everybody left from this such fun decorating party, I redecorated everything in the office. Um, Every tree was redone. Everybody's space was redone. And I thought, well, they won't notice. Well, they did. And they talked about me like, well, why did we even have that decorating party if she was just going to go behind us and do it all her way? And I thought, well, my way is pretty. Your way is weird looking. Like your your tree looks literally like it, it it's awful. And I remember all the backlash I got from going back and redecorating. And I thought I had done such a good thing because now everything was pretty. But what I had done was undermined everybody's work. And it was in that moment I realized that, oh my God, I've done this with our company our whole career. Mind you, we'd already, I'd already been running a business for 14 years before I had this light bulb moment of this Christmas decorating party of, wow, I literally just undermined everything that they did. And to them, it was great. It was perfect. But to me, it wasn't. And so, and rather than embracing their imperfection, I had to make it my way. And I justified making it my way because it was prettier. And no doubt anybody would agree it was prettier. But I really, you know, thought, well, they, you know, it was just for fun. It was just a ceremonial thing. And now it's pretty, whatever. Let's move on. Well, the next year, I wanted to do the same thing and nobody would do it. Everybody's like, no, what's the point? You're just going to decorate it the way you want it. So why are we even going to bother decorating? So that next year, I decorated all by myself. And the following year, I decorated all by myself. And then finally, I said, you know what? I'm going to let y'all decorate however you want. And I'm not going to change anything. And nobody believed me. Um, But I said, just let me try. Let me try to do this. Y'all try to do this. This will be a growth opportunity for me. And let's decorate. And um, I won't come behind anybody and redo anything. And Lord knows, that was the hardest Christmas for me to walk into that building every single year and see those god-awful trees. But I was so proud of the self-control I had given myself to not go behind them and decorate everything. And honestly, they saw that I was trying. And they saw that I was genuinely trying to embrace the imperfections that um, allowed them to express, you know, who they were. And that was a real growth opportunity for me. And it sounds so silly over a Christmas tree, but it helped me see that I did that in everything in my life. I re, you know, made the beds every morning because I didn't like the way the kids made the beds. I remade, you know, the pillows had to be in a perfect position. Everything had to be in its perfect place. And 
I didn't just do it in my personal life. I did it way more in my business life. And leadership like that is anal retentive, jerk type, I'm the boss, you do what I say, leadership. And it will get you somewhere because you're the boss and you sign their paychecks and you can. But you're not going to get the loyalty. You're not going to get the buy-in. You're not going to get the people that would give their blood, sweat, and tears for you if you're literally my way or the highway. And so when I started to recognize that my way or the highway doesn't help us grow, and it sure as heck doesn't help me make friends and influence people, I'm sure y'all read that book, it actually makes me not a great leader. Um, I changed the way I approached everybody and everything in our business and started to just let them be. And then as leadership got better for me, in a sense, from like people not so frustrated with me pushing and bossing and and dictating, um, I started to find that people around me were exceptionally talented. I'll never forget when we wanted to start better branding our company. And I will say that I had no idea there was so much that went into branding. I'm like, okay, wait, a font? We have to have our own font. We have to have our own color. We have to have our own color schemes. Like, I had no idea that branding was actually a thing. I'm like, just use whatever font pops up on Word and make a document. Big deal. Um, But we put together a branding committee, and this is where I found out all this stuff. And what I found was that if I let people expose their talents – then we'd get a lot further than if, because I don't know, I don't know anything about branding. I didn't know anything about social media. And quite honestly, that's why we're doing this podcast is because other people in our business have been able to showcase their talents and then take me along their journey. So it's not just about my journey now. It's about, hey, we have so many expressive and amazing writers and people and talents beyond insurance that we had no idea just like I have a talent in decorating which is totally different than insurance lots of people in our company have a talent so different than insurance that maybe we could tap into and so when we started tapping into all those different talents we started to see that our team had some exceptional talents people today will say oh well you have a dedicated marketing person and you have a dedicated you know social media person and like no we just have a team of people that do insurance that love to have an outlet outside of insurance and so we have a committee that actually comes together brainstorms and puts things in place and that would have never happened if I didn't let other people show up So today, leadership for me is letting other people show up and letting them show up in their way at their time in the way that matters most to them and realizing that it is totally different strokes for different folks. Every single person on your team is motivated 100% differently. There's no one that is identical and alike. And if you try to motivate the way you're motivated – you're probably going to fail. That's another thing I learned pretty young in my leadership journey is 
people that are wired to be entrepreneurs, people that are wired to own a business or wired to be workaholics want everybody around them to be the same. And if they were the same, they would not be working for you. And I don't discredit the people that are working for me because, my God, I couldn't do what I do without them. But if they had my um, tenacity and, and, and fearless energy and, I don't know, almost stupidity, stupidity and egocentric arrogance, they, um, they'd be doing what I'm doing. And when I started to recognize that everybody has a different value in life, a different desire in life, has different meanings in life, and not everything that I do is right. Um, they, I started to value people for who they were and value our team for what they could bring outside of just, you know, the insurance world. Um, so let's see if I can kind of wrap this up into a couple different decades. So in my twenties, I was arrogant. So if you're in your twenties and you're leading, what I would say is find some older mentors and just believe in them. Now, if you're in your 20s, you should probably find someone in their late 30s or 40s. You're going to have a hard time relating to someone much older than that. I would have. Um, but I was blessed to have some great mentors young. And then when I stepped into leadership, unfortunately, there was not a whole lot of mentors in my realm for me to grasp to. And I think that's where, had I had those in play, I would have been at a different uh I would be able to lead a lot better younger. Um, I would also say if you're in your 20s, you need to read books and absorb information and um, not feel like just because you're in your 20s and you're leading that you have something to prove or that because you have older people than you that you're managing that somehow they disrespect you or think of you differently because if you are leading people and that is your responsibility, people will follow you as long as they trust you. Um, so lead with your heart, um, not your ego, and find some really good mentors at a very young age to help you in that process. Not too many of us get that opportunity to lead really, really young like I did. Um, and that's probably a good thing because sometimes we're just not emotionally mature enough. We haven't had enough life experiences to really know how to do that. And man, I fell on my face a lot of times. Um, I was known as open mouth and insert foot every time I turned around. Um, but I learned so much so young because of that. And now I can kind of tell you how to get through that, you know, then. So in my thirties, I wasn't quite as bossy. I had learned how to manage um, relationships more effectively. Um, I had been, you know, put in my place plenty of times to where I wasn't so um, pushy and had started to learn how to lead by bringing people along rather than lead while um, pushing them along, you know, or bulldozing right over them. Um, and so in my 30s, what really helped me the most was going to conferences, again, reading books. I cannot tell you how much reading self-development books is going to help you along the way. And then getting some therapy. Um, I didn't know I needed therapy because therapy was just a weird thing, but I'm so glad I did it in my 30s and I needed it for other circumstances like um, 
relationship, but it helped me so much in leading because I learned how to communicate in relationships, which that's what leading is. It's communicating in relationships. So therapy helped, going to conferences, and then learning how to apply those things. Now I'm in my 40s, and I feel like I'm finally mature enough to actually be a leader. Um, And people told me that things change, you know, in your 20s and in your 30s and in your 40s, you're a different person. And when you're young, you just don't believe any of that. You just think they're all crazy. But sitting on the other side of it, now being 44, I can tell you that everything changes and you grow up and you learn what matters and you learn to pick and choose your battles and you learn some emotional maturity that you just can't learn at a young age because you don't have the experience. So now mentors for me, um, I look for mentors that are that next level up of where I want to go to, um, that next level up of, you know, they've already got their crap together in a lot of areas. And so I look to them to help me. I've always looked for mentors and I've always looked for people to model my life after. Um, And that's truly what good leaders do. Um, Right now, I'm very, very uh, much uh, into John Maxwell. And mind you, in my 30s, I probably didn't even know who John Maxwell was. And I wouldn't have connected with him in my 30s. Um, But now that I'm into you know, leading with love and servant leadership and really understanding my calling as a leader and how important it is. I feel like John Maxwell has just become that that true mentor for me, for me to learn on how to lead at a whole new level. Um, they always say that the, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher is, uh, it, you know, arrives or the teacher, exp- I don't remember what they call it, but when student readies, the teacher shows up. And for me, I've had different teachers and different mentors in different situations. And then I'll look back and go, man, I wish I would have had this when I was younger. I wish I would have known about this. I'll say, I wish I would have had this book. It would have changed my life. Reality is that it would have done nothing for me then because I wasn't ready for it then. And so for me to be ready for it now um, means that I'm at the right place at the right time and the right leader in front of me. So John Maxwell may not be the right leader for you. If you're in your 40s, might be. If you're in your 50s, yeah, for sure. If you're in your 30s, you might find more out of, you know, um, Rachel Hollis and Dave Hollis. They're great. They're awesome, awesome mentors. Um, I, I feel like Rachel Hollis is my soul sister, sister from another mother, and a great one to – you know, get some mentorship and leadership from, and man, she's a firing pistol and she's, she's awesome. And, uh, they have a great, uh, story and a great way to pour into people and for people to grow and, and definitely a good place for you to check out. Um, what I've thought most about in my leadership journey is that There's a leader and there's a boss. And I know y'all have all heard this story, but if you can, well, you've heard about, you know, there's a leader and there's a boss and the difference between a leader and a difference between a boss and the difference between a manager and the difference between a leader. But a leader says, let's go, and they do it with you. And for most really strong, assertive people, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do to slow down 
to go faster, to slow down enough to bring those troops with you so that when you're ready to go to battle, when you're ready to grow, when you're ready to scale, you have an army. And we're still working on that army. We still have a lot of that army to build. And I hope that as we go through this journey that you'll see, I don't know, some of yourself in this and that maybe you'll see where you, you're at today and how you can grow to that next level. Um, but I think that transitioning from being the boss to being the one that can pull everybody together and get everybody marching to the same beat and doing the same thing and trying to achieve the same goal is a transition from a boss to a leader. And then when you can see the results manifest from putting in that effort and you continue to to replicate it and duplicate it and continue to grow is where you go to be a great leader. Um, I feel right now I am far enough in my leadership journey that I have enough of all the things I did wrong to really share with people. And that's honestly why I'm even doing this podcast. Um, I want to share with friends and colleagues and people that ask me all the time, how did you get to where you're at? I want to share what I learned along the way and how many mistakes I made along the way so that maybe you won't make the same ones. I don't know. Maybe you will, but maybe you'll bounce back quicker because you know someone else did it. And to also know that you're not alone. Um, I would not have been able to do this um, even five years ago. Heck, probably not even two years ago. Um, but because I am so dedicated to learning and growing and doing all the things that leadership requires, I feel like I'm in a place that I can breathe that out on the people that want that as well. And just like I had teachers and mentors and people that showed up in my life when I was ready for them, I hope that I show up in your life when you're ready for it. Um, I hope that I show up when you need to hear that certain thing, when you need to hear someone say, hey, it's okay. It's okay to fall flat on your face. It's okay to admit that you fell flat on your face. You just got to get right back up and you got to keep fighting the good fight. So the next several podcasts are going to be about my journey, Brandon's journey, um, how we built High Point, where we're at in High Point today. And then we're going to start to bring in people into the fold. Um, But I felt like to give this podcast what it deserves, you'd want to hear, you know, why why we're doing it, where we're at today, where we were at, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and how much we've learned and grown um, together as business partners, together as husband and wife, um, and individually as individuals. Um, as much as we are united, we are both very unique individuals and give each other the space to be that um, and support each other in that. So maybe you can learn some things from that. Um, and then why are we talking about culture and well, because leadership is how you get great culture and everybody wants to know how high point has this amazing culture because 
man, we do. It's, it's a breathtaking culture. It really is. You can feel the energy when you walk in the doors of High Point. Um, but it all starts with the right leadership and it all starts with figuring yourself out. Cause if you don't have that figured out, leadership is, is the key to an awesome culture. And I know because I know our culture has been terrible when Brandon and I aren't doing good or when we're not working on ourselves. And I know that it's amazing when we are. So I know that culture is the resounding result of really working on you and working on you as a leader and how to be a better leader creates an amazing culture. And then the safety and wellness are just components that come from having a culture of people that actually care. And then the safety becomes very easy and every business has a safety factor to it, right? So in our business, it's not so much about ladder safety. Obviously, we don't climb ladders. Of course, I think my staff was on the roof the other day dropping a screen, monitor screen, which is a little scary, but um, I let them do it and I embrace that they did it. Um, Let's not call OSHA on that one. Um, <laughs> the, um, the thing about safe safety is that every business does have it. Our business safety is about protocol and procedures and everybody doing things the right way because we have an errors and emissions exposure. So if we do something wrong, we cost them on their business. So we have a pretty big safety issue. It just might not look like safety in, in the right, right you know, in the way that most people think of safety. So safety is everything related to mitigating risk inside of your business. And then wellness is that component that I have been on a wellness kick for so freaking long, you guys. Like I, and not wellness, but well-being. I have wanted so much for our staff to embrace well-being. And so many of them have, and it is such a beautiful thing. And the reason I want them to embrace well-being is because I've embraced it and it's changed my life. And I want anything that has changed my life to help change other people's lives. That's truly what Breathe In, Breathe Out is all about. I learn something, it works, and I want to share it with the world um, or the people that are close to me because I want them to have all the things that I have and then some. Um, and so that's why we're going to talk about safety and wellness. And because we're insurance agents, well, it just kind of makes sense that we help you with the business side of it, because if your business is better, well, guess what? Your insurance rates are better and you like us more. And we don't have to bring bad news to you every single year about how your insurance rates are going up because you're having ridiculous claims because we can help you fix all those things. So why an insurance nerd is doing a leadership, safety, wellness, culture podcast is because I've been doing it for 25 freaking years and I have learned some very, very valuable lessons and it is my heart and my desire to share them with you. So you guys get ready. This is just the start. This journey is going to be amazing. My hope today is that I have inspired you to be a great leader, to push the envelope with innovation and to elevate your business and your personal success. I will see you guys next week. Have a great and productive week. Thanks.